Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to Pack the Rock Podcast. And for the final time this season, I've been your host, Carlo Brown, joined by Max Parker and Evan Gerke of the Hoosier Network. Guys, last podcast, season's over. Um, It's been up and down ride to say the least. It has. It's been. It's mostly it's, down. Yeah, mostly down. Um, but it's it's been it's been a joy and a pleasure working with you guys this uh, this season. Mm-hmm. I've had a good time. It has been fun. I've enjoyed it as well. Even though the team might have not had their best performances, thought it was still fun and uh, definitely learned a lot. So, obviously, last two weeks of the season we didn't do a podcast last week because we we're on Thanksgiving break. They beat Michigan State in the. Double overtime thriller, 39-31. <laughs> that game was wild, to say the least. Yeah. Um, definitely one of my favorite games this season to go to. And then they dropped the last game to Purdue, 30-16. Purdue goes to the Big Ten Championship and is going to play this weekend. IU goes, ho- goes home, and so do some of their players. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that more later, but been a wild two weeks. Some ups, a lot more downs. Uh, what were you guys' final thoughts on the last stretch of the season? Well, the final thought is that it seems like Indiana found something that worked and that something was Dexter Williams. Um, really took over the game against Michigan State and opened up their offense in a way that we haven't seen the offense work all season. And even though he only threw for one completion in regulation, you could just tell that Michigan State struggled with him as at, at quarterback because he opened up the run game so much where, okay, he could be throwing, but also he could be scrambling. Uh, he could be handing it off to Jalen Lucas or Josh Henderson and Sean Shivers or just holding himself. And that created a whole new dynamic for the offense that we started to see at the beginning of the Purdue game as well. Um, specifically, you could just see the defense freeze when Dexter Williams scrambled on that option that ended up with a 71-yard Jalen Lucas touchdown run because you have to re- you can't just go for Jalen Lucas because, well, Dexter Williams can pull and run for 15 yards himself. We saw him go for 34 for a touchdown against Michigan State. And that was something that finally seemed like Indiana unlocked some some potential um, that they were really missing for most of the season. And obviously, Dexter Williams going down, we still don't know what the injury is or what the severity of it is. But at least it gives Indiana an idea that, okay, they can't. (laughs) you know, recruited in portal to to upgrade this offensive line. They don't have the guys on the team to upgrade it. But if they go for a mobile quarterback and base their offense around that, maybe they can have some success going forward. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's definitely a big thing. I was just, as you mentioned that, look, trying to find the exact quote. I couldn't find it. But I, 
I mean, the one thing that is a little concerning about that is that it took that long to realize, oh, like, were you not watching Michael Penix all of his career here or at Washington? Like, oh, we had that, and it looks like it's working. Mm -hmm. And he, Dexter Williams was practicing, so I, I don't know. But I think, I think that's definitely a good realization. It better late than never. Um, I, I think that I think that last Michigan State win was a big one, and it would have been even bigger if they could beat they could have beaten Purdue. Um, but even taking one of those, you go from doubling your Big Ten wins. Now you go from doubling your season win total. Um, from last year, no, it's not a pretty record at four and eight, but it's a heck of a lot better than two and ten. And I mean, you you got a a decent win over an Illinois team, and you beat a Big Ten East team. And I mean, you went to the wire with some other Big Ten East teams. This season could have very well ended up being a bowl a bowl year. Um, it probably should have. Yeah, it probably should have. Um, which which actually, I think if we look back at um, the kind of narratives entering the year, I think a lot of people would have absolutely taken that. Um, and I don't, I, none of us were confidently saying at the beginning of the year, yeah, this should be a bull year. Um, I think the expectations were maybe one or two more wins and they ended up getting two. Um, so obviously that's the very ultimate positive side there. Are, I think the negatives absolutely outweigh the positives. This team has so much work to do. Uh, in the off season, and it's just miles away from where they were at the end of 2020. Yeah, good good point. They they have a lot of work to do. Um, yeah. I can't believe that they have dropped off this much just in two seasons. Mm-hmm. It's honestly mind blowing. But there are there have been a lot of injuries to key guys that Tom Allen talked about after the last game, both yeah. the last two years. Um, injuries definitely haven't been on their side, but. Like everyone else, every team has injuries, and you kind of have to move on and have guys step up. Those are usually the teams that go pretty far. Although, to be fair, most teams don't have eight season-ending injuries to their quarterbacks. I mean, that that has really hurt. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Michael Penix every year taking that, the, you know, the hit or the, the ACLs Jack or whatever. Tuttle last two Jack well. Tuttle and and really, like you, you talked about, you know, Michael Penix. Michael Penix wasn't a dual threat quarterback, but he was mobile. He would yeah. move in the pocket. Yeah. And Jack Tuttle came in against Penn State, and we saw that out of him. Like, he was mm-hmm. moving really well. Then, of course, he gets injured and goes down, and then you're scrambling to find something else again. But, I mean, Connor Bazelak just – he was such a pocket passer, and that never worked for this offense. Mm-hmm. And it really makes you wonder, would Indiana have made a bowl game even if it was had just had a different quarterback? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I also think that's a great point. Injuries, um, not just to the quarterbacks, but you have Cam Jones – who was shaping up to have a really, really special season for Indiana. And that's just been the case for a few years now. I mean, Taiwan Mullen missed a ton of time last year. DJ Matthews, who was shaping up to be a big player with Penix under center. That was supposed to be a big connection as well. I mean, you forget because it was the first game of the year, Bedford going out. I mean, that could have been a huge difference having him at the line. Now, Sure, there are four other positions on the line that didn't play great at all. But, I mean, having one more lineman who is skilled can make a big difference. So, I mean, sure, there hasn't been – they have not gotten the luck of the draw in terms of injuries and a few other things. But 
again, that's part of the game. Sure, it might not be part of the game for everyone to get that many injuries, but you got to figure out how to deal with it, and that Indiana just has not been able to adapt to that. It'll be interesting to watch. Um, I don't think that the athletic department has to release a statement. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they have to release a statement on the exact injury that Dexter Williams has once they figure it out. No, we probably won't hear until next year. They they might release something, depending on, I guess, like what it is and if it's not that bad. Um, But I would be surprised if you heard anything before spring practice. They said, yeah, I don't know if they're going to identify it. I'm sure you guys saw, but for those who didn't see, they said it's a knee injury, but not an ACL. So... I also, to be honest, I haven't gone back and watched it to see how bad it was. Everyone oh. keeps telling me that it looks really bad. Um, but, you know, we they had kind of showed one replay in, when we were in the press box, and it was really hard to see. So I, I haven't seen um, exactly what it looked like. But from what I keep hearing, it sounds like it's it's a pretty serious like knee yeah. issue or I something. Mean, I was, obviously, just putting the air cast on is never a good sign. Yeah, I mean, I was doing student radio, um, and just from the moment, just getting, like, I saw that moment where he was going – he was going left. He tried to cut, and he just, like, no one even touched him. He just, like, kind of curled down to the ground. Um, that was it, tough to watch. Yeah, oh, it was so – my heart just dropped because especially with guys who have had that happen before, you know, Tom Allen talked about in one of the press conferences there are all blending together at the end of the season. But at some point this year he was like, I didn't even know when he first tore his ACL in practice. I, like, heard about it, and I was like – I guess he he may have seen the injury, but was like, wait, that was a torn ACL. Um, but this time, I think he like, I think everyone knew that that was not going to be pretty. Um, and it it had a similar effect as when McFadden got tossed out of the game last year against Cincinnati. I, I this mm-hmm. team had a maybe a little bit less. Um, this time it was more scheme related that had the big change because it went from I was saying on the broadcast I was like. This team is, this offense is, like, exciting. It's very strange, but I'm, like, for the first time all year, I'm watching this offense, and I'm like, what are they going to draw up next? And then all of a sudden, Williams goes out, and I'm like, okay, screen, run. Right back to week one through nine. Yeah, and it's just terrible to watch. And to be fair to Bays, like, he didn't play very bad coming in. In Williams's place, you know, 24, 42, 57%, not great. Had 201 yards. Again, not great. But he also, without Camper and really DJ Matthews, we didn't really see him playing receiver at the end of the season. He didn't really have anyone else to kind of go to. Yeah. Um, Emory Simmons had some big catches. But, I mean, like, I, everyone's – I've seen a lot on Twitter of people being glad he's gone. But it's it's really not his fault what oh, happened this year. And, not at you all. You know, I, I hope he goes somewhere where they have an offensive line that can protect him and he, he has a much better season um, because he showed a lot of arm talent. Mm-hmm. But just the way he plays so many times, you the, the, you just have to give up on the play because nothing was ever going to come out of it. Yep. And that's that's really hurtful when you can't pick up just a couple yards on a first down or whatever. And um but like you said, it, it was just exciting to watch Dexter Williams because he could make things happen, mm-hmm. and it's just it was just a shame to see that kind of Indiana kind of lose that. And once kind of base like came in, it just it just felt like an entirely different team. That I mean, even when they were up seven three, it felt like Indiana was going to lose that game. Yeah, I mean, it just didn't seem like with the personnel they had, they didn't know what to do with a pocket passer. Like it was just I don't know. It's it's like what do you? I don't know. 
and it, I don't have the answers. Obviously, that's why I'm <laughs> covering the team, and I'm yeah. So I don't know. I don't know, man. Head coach Max <laughs> Parker. Oh God, future head coach. Yeah, um, sign me up. So yeah, I've heard your fantasy fantasy league is going great there, Max. Yeah, so. Oh yeah, with all your draft picks too. Whatever, guys. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. So, Devon Matthews just declared to go to the NFL draft. So did Sean Shivers and as Sean well. Shivers. Yeah, I missed that one originally, but I saw that. Connor Baselick is going to transfer. Jack Tuttle's transferring. Greg Gremmel's transferring. Oh wow. Charles Campbell is transferring. Um, I oh, haven't I seen any that. other transfers yet, but I'm all but. Well, there's going to be more. I can 100% yeah. say there will be more. Yeah. I'm also pretty certain we're going to see some more big names enter the portal. Um, Were you guys surprised by any of these? First no. ones? Let's uh, go to the first ones first. Um, first ones. First. I was a little more surprised. Well, Sean Shivers is out of eligibility, so I'm not surprised to see him declare yeah. for the draft because yeah. what else is he going to do? I mean, yeah. any of the guys declaring, I wasn't really surprised by them. I was a little surprised by Devon Matthews. Um, I does he? I don't actually know if he had eligibility. I don't, I don't think, think so. Eligibility. I don't so think I guess so. that makes I sense. Think that was his last year, yeah. I I would be surprised if anyone at IU who has eligibility left declares for the draft, just because oh, absolutely they there ha- there wasn't anyone that stood out on this team that if I was you know the GM of the Tennessee Titans would be like oh, I'm gonna draft this guy that, yeah yeah um but the transfers. I mentioned before the pod, I could have seen Connor Bays like sticking around and like accepting a role as a backup, mm-hmm. um, just as a guy who kind of could come in and play, but not surprised to see him transfer. Obviously, we knew we heard about Tuttle months ago, so that wasn't a surprise. Um, Grant Gremmel, we saw it with uh, Damian Irvin Poindexter, where you were a walk on here, and now he's got Big Ten experience, and okay, maybe go transfer and try to make something at a, you know, a G5 school. Um, and Charles Campbell as well. I mean, he's he really declined in productivity at IU. He was so good in 2020, and he just he wasn't great this year. And I, I guess it's just yeah. time for a change of scenery and something different. And all those guys you can't say, say the same thing where it's like they just need something new, mm-hmm. and you just kind of have to wish the best to them. I think the big question mark in terms of transferring is going to be a lot of the high-level guys who came in. You guys um, think the Sons on this team next year? I would. I, I think know. I'd be surprised. I think. I think Travell Mullen will stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, did he? Did they redshirt him? I don't ever remember seeing him I on the field. Did. I don't think he ever played. Omar Even, Cooper. They redshirted. Uh, Nick James may have redshirted. Yeah, a little bit of time, but uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really know. Philip Dunham got a lot of play time. He did. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be really interesting um, kind of which guys stay along. And I think the thing that's a little concerning is they don't – I mean, sure, college football is a little weird in the sense with recruiting. You don't necessarily see the guys. Like a lot of the – it's rare. That's why Desan McCullough at the beginning of the season when he was playing out of his mind was getting so much talk because you don't necessarily see these five-star, four-star top guys – coming onto the field and making a massive impact. Right I mean, away, yeah. there are a bunch of guys for Ohio State who, like, I, I love looking at the recruiting rankings, and you kind of look at them, they're like, oh, my God, look at these top ten guys that they got, and then you don't hear about them for two I, I don't know how to say his last name, but that JT, like, Tuamalo guy, he was number one, like, two years ago, I think, 
And then I just heard about him this year. Like he's just blowing up the game all of a sudden. And so um, maybe some of the guys from this past recruiting class start working out. Maybe some of the guys from the 2021 recruiting class. But like the 2023 recruiting class right now is not great Mm-mm. at all. They don't have a four star. Um, they just have a bunch of three stars and none of them higher than 538 nationally. So. And that's great. just back to where Indiana has been historically. It's yeah. you know, a program, uh, a second thought program where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, here's my, you know, one of maybe two power five offers and we'll go to Indiana. And which, which is surprising because Tom Allen has been so good in the recruiting game. Um, and I don't know if part of that is they're looking more towards the portal now, which is probably going to become, you know, pretty common. And he, he's done pretty well for himself in the portal, mm-hmm. but Guys have, you know, over the last four years, guys have wanted to play for Tom Allen. They didn't really lose anyone last year despite that 2-10 season because guys wanted to play for Tom Allen. And now it feels like things are are changing, whether he's losing the locker room or the, the culture is shifting or whatever. Um, someone asked, I'm trying to think of who was at the post-game press conference um, in the scrum on Saturday. Aaron Casey, I think, and w- someone asked him, like, if the culture's changed, and it was it was kind of a hesitant answer and, and kind of a non-answer about about that, which is not definitely not a great sign. Mm-hmm. I th- I think another thing that's interesting is everyone has talked about like those who are t- talking about recruiting that Florida connection. I mean, out of the twenty two guys, well, first of all, the sheer number there were twenty two freshman targets or freshman commits, sorry, non-transfer, 22 people that weren't transfers um, committed to IU and came to IU. Of those, seven were um, Florida natives. Right now in the 2023 class, there are only nine, and only two of them are from Florida. So I'm sure there are going to be more guys who commit over the summer, and a lot of these guys, I would imagine, came for spring ball or are enrolling early for spring ball. But, it, I mean, there's not – there's – I think what I'm – I'm rambling a lot. What I'm trying to say is there is no clear path right now for Indiana to jump right into bowl eligibility next um, next year. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's got to – Tom Allen's just got to change schematically what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he said that in the press conference. He's going to get a more mobile quarterback-oriented offense. Mm-hmm. Um, it really just falls on if Dexter Williams – is able to come back, and if he comes back here, yeah. It, if not, he's gonna have to recruit like that. But even a freshman quarterback jumping right in would not. And they'd have to get a transfer. Yeah, it would have to either be a transfer. Or it's got to be Dexter. I think mm-hmm. if you want to, if you're talking about getting back to bowl eligibility. Yeah. Yeah. Should Should I ask the question? Where is Tom Allen's future with this program? Oh, that's my question. <laughs> Sorry, um, Carlo. No, you're good. Carla, uh, do you want to ask it? <laughs> no, I've already asked it like 20 times um, I immediately, I mean, there's some talk about, like, everyone on Twitter has been mentioning, like, Liberty. He's a name for the Liberty head coaching job. I don't think he goes anywhere um, this offseason. And I don't think, I think a lot of it rides on next year. Because um, I think, I still think he's, I still think there's buy-in. Yeah, some guys. I I mean, I I've you know like you said, Carla, we've talked about this question. I don't know how many times, both on the podcast and when I've 
come on talk about I football with other people mm-hmm. and just in our drives to stadiums. And I didn't say I said Tom Allen wasn't going to be on the hot seat this year. I think going into next season, though, he will be. I think you have to prove something. I mean, week one, you start with Ohio State. And that's a really tough start to the that's season. That's tough. Um, and probably is not going to go very well. But also the offseason as well is now um, part of your job is like, oh, if he has a bad offseason, he could be on the hot seat because you can lose so many players and you have to bring in guys to fill in those holes. Mm-hmm. So how Tom Allen brings in guys out of the portal is going to be a massive part of that. But, I mean, he's got he. You have to. I don't know if a four and eight season again next year does it. And I don't know if we'll, if, if they're going to be much better than that. But and, and what I can really see is he stays with Indiana another year because he he's talked about how much he loves his job and how much he loves Indiana, mm-hmm. and then not getting fired next year, but taking a job like a Liberty or a USF when something like that opens next year as kind of a parachute job where Indiana is like. Tom, you've got, we, we've got to make a change. And he's like, all right, I'll get out yeah, and kind of save everyone here. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, maybe they make a deal with where Tom Allen doesn't have to pay. I think he has to pay back like half his contract if he leaves before it ends. Hmm. So maybe he just doesn't have to do that. And it's just kind of like, let's let's mutually part um, and make this as easy as we can. Yeah. But that, I think that would be next season. If, But then again, if, if they start, you know, I... What are their non-conference games next year? They have Akron, Indiana State, and... Might be a Ball State year again. I don't think it's Ball State. While you look that up, I think I think aside from the team itself, I think the university also needs to make some moves. Louisville. In, Louisville. Um, this has been definitely been a conversation um, on socials as well. This team needs to make an investment in terms of NIL because a lot of Big Ten teams are moving that way, and putting together collectives and everything. A lot of that here, at least from what I've seen on social media, has been player-led, like players coming together to create a collective. And these people, I think if you are if you want to become a draw to players, you need to have this offering now. Mm-hmm. And this it can't just be like, oh, we put another end zone on the stadium or we got this coach or we did this we did this these players now need to see that hey i can go here and make some money yeah zach osterman with the indie star took some heat for a story he wrote basically being like well you've gotta you've gotta put your money where your mouth is to the fans essentially it's like you can complain about indiana but like they need outside help now just because of the way things are yeah and he's he's right like you can't just rely on you know the university needs to invest as well just from a standpoint of facilities mm-hmm. and, and you know making the fan experience better on that end but like fans have to if if you want to complain about Indiana football being bad you have a way to help make it better yeah and i just don't see that happening here because it is a football or a basketball school yeah fans will always invest over in basketball over football especially right now you know two years ago football team was good basketball team wasn't it might have been different now the basketball team is really good again the football team is bottom of the barrel Mm -hmm. why would anyone want to help out the basketball or the football team when you have a a team like the mike woodson's basketball team to kind of really help boost 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think they need a reason for fans to be excited, too. I don't think the marketing has been great lately. I don't know. I And, like, I feel like the only big marketing move was at the beginning of Thanksgiving break saying, hey, students can get in free for this game. Like, at this point, it's like, okay, cool. Like, I don't – I'm going to stay home. You know, and there it's tough to – figure out ways to do that when the team is putting up a four and eight season and even six and six it's tough to get excited for a six and six football team but i think there needs to be more buy-in marketing wise in terms of just trying to get it start i i do think it starts with the students you need the students to be excited to make the game day atmosphere better um i mean every time the kickoff happened there was a purdue or iu socks chant mm-hmm. that was like you that can't, was bad you can't have that. You can't have that. At home. <laughs> That's like a Northwestern atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. There was, I mean, there was a lot of people at the game, but there was a lot of Purdue people there. Yeah. They, oh, it was, sure. yeah. I mean, that, that was arguably a very much bigger game for them, though, because mm-hmm. they had never been in the Big Ten championship game. Now they're playing for it. True. So, I mean, we've kind of already hit most of the questions here. You guys have any final thoughts? Anything for next year? Uh, well, I, I guess you guys both won't be here, but I guess you guys know the direction of the program. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you guys know what's going on. So it'll be this will be my first time, and I, I've covered this team for three years now. So it'll be the first time next year where I can just kind of watch as a fan and complain on Twitter like everyone else. Yeah. So all of you guys who love to be in my in my mentions. Um, Maybe I'll be there with you shortly. Although there's, I guess there's a chance that I'll still be here in some capacity. And, you know, just grabs me by the shirt collar and drags me back. So are you preview something? 50 no, years. I have no idea. Oh, okay. Unless if someone is offering, wants to offer me something. Yeah. I mean, once I'm done, I might uh, follow Indiana and Northwestern football again. Yeah. Whoa. I've kind of put my Northwestern fandom aside for these four years while I've been here, which has been easy five years, which has been easy because Northwestern's been terrible at both sports too, but I might get roped back in. Those cats have a way with my heart. Those cats. <laughs> the cardiac cats. Okay. Well, guys, <laughs> this season's been pretty fun. Uh, I've learned a lot from both you guys about how to cover sports um, and big time sports. This is my first time on a beat that I think was like pretty much like I don't want to say the premier beat, but like one of the got, that got a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, in my sporting career here at IU, so I just want to thank you guys for all the lessons and stuff that you guys put on to me because it means a lot. It's been uh. It's been fun. It's been hard sometimes, um, but you guys kept me going, and uh, pretty successful fall in my personal reporting department. Um, maybe not for the IU football team. But, <laughs> um, yes, I definitely won this this fall. So I want to say thank you guys for speaking of winning. Help. Carla, you actually did win. Oh, that's right. In, in oh terms of record predictions, let's go, go, Carlo. We both finished nine and three. Yeah, and, and, then, and Ma- Max, Max, we, we we did our predictions off camera, obviously, because we had the podcast last week. Max predicted that Indiana was going to win by one, uh, trying to be bold to to win the competition. Didn't happen. Um, Am I nine and three? 
I think you're, eight, you're and eight, four. Four. eight and four. Yeah, still we, bowl eligible. We we were all tied going into the last week because Max was the only one who picked Michigan or Indiana to beat Michigan State. So we decided whoever guesses the closest score would would be the overall winner. And and Carlos' score was closer than mine. I think I guessed a three point game, and yours was a ten point like game. Nine, eight, something like that. Yeah. So to look, but... do you Carlo, think eight and four is good enough to get me to the Music City Bowl? I I don't. I guess sounds like a fun bowl to. I mean, to you to. you could go to whatever bowl you want. You just the have to buy a ticket. Bowl? Sure. Nice. <laughs> nice. Where even is the pinstripe bowl? New York in Yankee Stadium. Oh wait, this one's fire. Yeah, I really wanted to go there. I'm not gonna lie, that would have been a really cool bowl. Maybe to we cover. should maybe we should just go to the pinstripe bowl and watch two seven and five or eight and four teams. Duke there's down. also I think there's a bowl game at Fenway Park this year as well. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Let's use the HN funds. Okay. <laughs> Do we have HN funds? Uh, I mean, I used them last year. So, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Probably not anymore. We're talking HN funds. Maybe we should wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys once again. Thank you for tuning in to Pack the Rock, Pack the Rock Podcast uh, this season. IU obviously didn't have the best year, but... You know, that's why we have next year. Yes. Um so always fi- next year. From the final time, uh, I've been Carlo Barone, joined by Max Parker and Evan Gerke for the Hoosier Network. They will see you next season, but I probably will see you next season. So thank you for tuning in. We'll see you Maybe guys Maybe we can later. come on as guests.